Ryan is like ready to go. I'm ready to go. Ryan is like, now, no, we're going to record now. Start recording. You heard the previous episode that was just Zach telling me what happens in the Master Sword Pit of 100 Trials. Yeah. And I had nothing to say because I'm a coward who couldn't finish this. Uh, Again, but this part I have played. This is the other DLC. It's called The Champion's Ballad. Yeah. And it's, it's, Zach did some of it. I've done half of it? Question mark? Question mark. I'm not sure. Mm. I know there's more, and I don't know exactly the, like, how much is involved with it. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Zach? Hi. Do you want a pickle? No, I hate pickles. Okay. Do you want a tickle? Uh, no. Okay. And do you want to die? Uh, I'm going to pass on that one. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, in this DLC, um, after, it's like, they, they prompt you for it after you beat the fourth Divine Beast, right? Yeah, you beat all the four Divine Beasts, and then it's, you get a mystery monk message that says, come back to the plateau, and come back to the chain, the Shrine of Resurrection. Um, and I think the monk identifies himself as Maz Koshia, right? I don't remember if he identifies himself before you show up, but he does when you get here for sure. Okay. So this is a, a monk who gets more of a personality than the other monks. Um, because this, this monk is the, the architect of this second DLC. Uh, so you go back to the Great Plateau. And you return to the Shrine of Resurrection, which is interesting because um, in the history of Hyrule, the existence of this, or like the utility of the Shrine of Resurrection is kind of incidental, right? How do you It mean? wouldn't have been an important location if Link didn't die at the Battle of Pelennor Field. Right. Uh, I mean, as far as we know, this is like the first time it's ever come up. Yeah. Uh, but Maz Koshia is like, you better go back to that place where you came out of that coma, Link. And what does Maz Koshia tell you to do there? Uh, you get prompted for a new challenge. Uh, and I was going to say it pops in a chest, but it's not even a chest. Like a weapon appears floating from like a pedestal. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is the one hit obliterator, which is a ridiculous looking device. It is. It looks like. What is it? It's like a four pronged fork type, like instrument. Yeah. Uh, each and one each of, the, of the prongs yeah. has one of the heads of the divine beasts are the four yeah. prongs. Um, but yeah, it, it's not, it does not look like a weapon. No, and probably would not function very well as a weapon if it was not magically enchanted to one-shot every enemy in the game. Wow. Amazing. Uh, there's certainly no downsides. <laughs> uh, no, there's immediate downsides. You grab the one-hit obliterator and you are drained to like a quarter of your health. Yeah, and uh, you can't recover health. Cannot recover health. It's uh, one hit both ways. If you get hit once, you die. Exactly. Uh, you can also only... The one hit obliterator can, like, defeat two enemies in a row, but then it powers down for a couple seconds. Yeah, yeah. So if you're in, like, a big... 
It, I think that's almost even just to like prevent you from like spin attacking into enemies, probably. I think it's because they had a very specific gameplay idea for this part. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And they were like, we're, we're going to set up the rules such that you have to play this way, and don't worry, it's going to be awesome. And it's fun. So the the part of the challenge is you're given this, and Maz Kashia tells you to go to four different spots on the plateau, defeat a group of enemies to unlock a new shrine. Yeah. Uh, and so they set up these groups of enemies out in the world and you have to kind of take them on carefully. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. They're very, like, I, I had a lot of trouble with this. Like it was really hard, but it oh, was yeah. really fun. Um, because they, especially the one in the woods is like such a tricky place to try and attack and not get like all those guys on you at once the woods one i wound up after a couple false starts figuring out the right approach to mm-hmm. where i kind of got up on top of a gi- the giant log was able to take out like the couple that could get me and then snuck up on like the one silver uh bogoblin oh okay and pick off the rest pretty easily that one there was enough cover to make a good approach uh, I had more difficulty with, like, the one that's out in the open with a bunch of Lizzle foes and a single, like, uh, busted guardian. Oh, okay. They set you up with a whole bunch of, like, exploding barrels to use, but that's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been good at using exploding barrels in this game for much of anything, and it did not help me at all here. So that took hmm. some effort. Uh, I liked the ice one was fun. Yeah, that's that's the first one I did. Uh, yeah, and so you go to these different spots and you defeat their groups of enemies, and a shrine pops out. And these shrines are cool <laughs> because they're very tall. Yeah, they have super smokestacks on them, big old chimneys to represent that they are special DLC shrines. Yeah, and they don't count towards. And they the show sh- up differently on the map too. Yeah, exactly, and they don't count towards the shrine total. Ah, uh, okay. Uh. Which I thought they did, but they don't. So I still have 120 shrines according to this. But these shrines do give you the the power orbs. So oh, I have yeah. one extra heart now. Ooh. So I have 28 hearts or whatever it is. The other ones that we'll talk about later do not give those, though. It's interesting. Uh, okay, the shrines are good. <laughs> the shrines... <laughs> Uh, you got, you know that this was made like after the game came out and so the team had time to kind of like you know rub their hands together and come up with some really good stuff uh-huh, uh-huh. and so the the shrines for the half of the dlc i've played really really i was gonna say they they shine uh uh-huh. uh but this first one doesn't etsu karima shrine uh it's called path of light because it is pitch black inside Ooh. And there's a bunch of hazards, and they're all obviously fatal because anything that hits you kills you. Yeah, because that r- rule has not been deleted yet. Uh-huh. Like, you go into a shrine, but you're still under obliterator rules. Yep, so you have to, like, duck underneath some lasers and dodge around some very slowly moving spikes, but they're still, you know, you still touch that spike, you're still dead, you're still gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, I managed to get past all that my first try, and then I walked straight into some guardians, the little the little buddy guardians. Sure, sure. And just didn't know how to deal with them in that moment and got wrecked, which is yeah. very funny. Yeah. Uh, but it's not too it's, tough. It's a very good... Well, it, I'm going to say about all of these that it's very good. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's The one-hit KO stuff is tricky, but, I mean, the game... Because the game checkpoints very well, like, it's not bad. Yeah. If this was a game that didn't checkpoint well, this would be miserable. But because you just pop right back up at the start of the shrine again and they're short challenges, it's good. Yeah. Uh, Ruvo Korba Shrine is amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) It's such a genius thing. Uh, It's, I hop, you go inside and it says a major test of strength. And if you're me, you don't pay attention to the fact that there's a little plus sign at the end to strength. Oh, uh, so you go in and there's one of those really like tricked out mini guardians and but you still have the obliterators so you just bop him once and it takes him out and you're like okay that's weird uh you walk over to where the end of the shrine should be and there's a switch uh you push the switch and then the pit opens up in the middle of the fight chamber and the rest of the shrine is there <laughs> <laughs> Oh, completely got me. Uh, despite the fact that I should have seen that coming, it's great. It's good. Um, and so the rest of the shrine is more guardians. Yeah, and fortunately, with when you have the obliterator, you can still shoot arrows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can mostly just pop around corners and treat it like a shooter game and deal with it that way. So it's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, um, the last room of that is. Very tricky, though, because it's, like, a bunch of guardians. That oh, you, right. They're they're all far across these pits, and so they're shooting at you, and you have to be really creative about how to get cover mm-hmm. and how to, like, get over to them. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I finished I that. got stuck on that one for a while. I... Two or three times? Two or three times to get through it. Not too bad, but... It was definitely, like, de- definitely you walk in that room the first time and then, like, four guardians drop in and you're just like, ah, nuts. This isn't going to work. Uh-huh. Uh, after beating this shrine, I walked outside and Cass showed up. So, wow. proving that I was right all along that he is involved in this DLC. <laughs> Where Ryan kept playing all coy and saying, oh, I don't know, maybe he's not. Cause I, but no, he's absolutely involved in this DLC. It's called the Champion's Ballad. Oh yeah, and he's the guy who is sings ballads. He is the song man. He's the singing man. Uh and he's here with a new song. Uh which is a diegetic version of the LOZ title theme. Yes, how fun to hear that on the accordion. Uh It's fun. He's got words for it uh that Ryan hates. I don't like it. <laughs> It's fine. They actually title drop the name of the game in the in the lyrics. Uh, you love to see that. Let's let's see the lyrics. What do these say? The flames crawl, the waters rise, the lightning strikes, the wind sighs. A beast beyond the divine four awaits a hero forevermore. Let not the sound leave horses riled. Breathe in the breath of the wild, and. That's chappy. Supposedly, this is 
those words are going to fit into the LOZ theme is what you're telling me. I can see it. I can hear it in my in my in my ears. I'm not going to sing well, it. Well, on one hand, I'm not going to sing it either. <laughs> the fact that it like the fact that it's so awkward could be excused by it fitting into this existing song melody, but I can't fit it in there even with the tortured syntax. And I think the title dropping is uh, kind of hokey in this point. Oh, extremely. In this context, it's kind of cringe. Yeah, it is. But they were going to do it regardless. Uh, they wouldn't do it if I were in charge. I I know, but if we were in charge of this game, I don't. A lot of not a lot of things would be different. But there would still be weapon durability. Yes, absolutely. More weapon durability. <laughs> Somehow, I don't not know. Not more durability. <laughs> <laughs> um the same song uh also got a diegetic origin in skyward sword but it's Phi singing it in like skyward sword gibberish language hmm. so maybe those are the same words who can say oh yeah maybe Phi was singing about the plot of this game and was singing breathe in the breath of the wild it could have been skyward sword could have been I mean, when it, now I like it. <laughs> uh, who can say? Who can say? Uh, yeah, she's got her own weird gibberish language in that. That it's like it's, yeah, she's from Animal Crossing. She is. No, she's not. The whatever you say. The Star Fox people are from Animal Crossing. Oh, oh! Have I brought that up on this podcast? I forget. But that's just Why true. would you bring up that Star Fox is Animal Crossing on this podcast? I don't know. We talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast. Um, so is it your theory that Star Fox is the future of Animal Crossing? Or are they taking place concurrently? Or was it presented in chronological order where first Star Fox happens and then Oh, Animal no, Crossing? don't say that. <laughs> Does it mix it, intertwine? There must always be a Tom Nook. I don't know. I don't know. I have not thought this thing through. I'm sorry for my words and deeds. Huh. Okay. That we still got half the plateau to still talk about. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhoda Chiga Shrine is the one that I've seen a whole lot because when speedrunners like do glitch stuff at the beginning of the game, they will glitch into the shrine to do something. Interesting. You can like get into the shrine right at the beginning of the game. Uh, I have not seen this. This is very interesting. Uh, it's a like Takeshi's Castle ass challenge. Uh, it's really good. There's like okay, I don't know what Takeshi's Castle is. It's the one. It's a Japanese like show where they go through obstacle courses. Uh, in America, they used it for that most extreme elimination challenge. Huh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's like obstacle courses with like falling into pits and stuff sure sure uh and that's what this is here only there's a lot of spikes everywhere it's real good there's a lot of spikes um so it's first it's a bunch of spikes moving around and you need to magnesis these metal platforms over the spikes but they're like popping up around so like as you're on them the physics get real wonky yeah and yeah. so if it pops the wrong way you end up falling off and it's very fun uh-huh uh-huh 
There's and then it's running on gears. Running on rotating gears, and then running between... And you say, I never thought to use stasis here at all. Not at all. You didn't use stasis on the gears? Correct. I did How did you get through the gears without using stasis? It took some tries. <laughs> <laughs> it it took, took some effort. Uh, once you kind of got the hang of that part, it wasn't so bad. At the time, I wouldn't have said that, but oh. looking back, that wasn't the worst part of it. Um, and then there's, you need to glide through this long bottomless corridor with spiked balls swinging back and forth. That one, I did stasis one of those, actually. Oh, okay. So you stasis one and then get past the rest of them. I remember just thinking that that's the coolest looking thing. And I couldn't be mad at how hard it was because I just loved the idea of floating past these giant death balls. Yeah, it's um, good. That and they're really appealing to because me. it's just using the game's physics stuff. They're like incredibly hard to predict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the stuff's like that's here. It's very good. And then the last part is this: like you plop down, and there's a death corridor in front of you that you have to go through while spikes are coming at you from behind, slowly, menacingly. Uh-huh. Very slowly, menacingly. Also, the camera um, like pans the other direction, so the first part I have to like pan the camera back, which is really annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, the guy on YouTube who is um, going through, doing the minimalist run, picking up as little items as possible. Okay. To, like, prove, it's basically, the YouTube user is Wolf Link, and anyone who's listening to this should probably watching, should probably be watching those videos instead, because they're far more interesting than this podcast. <laughs> um but, like, the, the basis of this uh, challenge or, like, experiment is to prove that to get 100% in Breath of the Wild, like, an, on, in the in-game percentage count, okay, you don't need to do most of the quests. You don't need to enter any of the shrines. What's, what does 100%? Is that just by, like, area covered? I don't remember. It's basically area covered and... Uh, it's a it's a few things. Okay, and I'll look into that when we. It's it's yeah it's very unintuitive basically. Yeah, but you as long as you like there are some shrines like these you need to do so that you can um, unlock other areas to get to, but the percentage counter only goes up when you visit that area and the name of the shrine appears on the screen. I see. Okay. Anyway, in doing that. In doing this shrine, the user explains that to get past this last challenge where the spikes are coming past you, you just walk at a normal speed. Oh, yeah. I don't run. Yeah. I just, you you take your time with it. The spikes aren't coming fast enough to really menace you that much as long as you're not, like, stopping. Um, You get, like, weird spikes jutting out at random angles and stuff, but... Once you do it once, you realize they're not actually random at all, and yeah, you can yeah. just wait for it to do what it does and then go the other way. Uh, it's fun. It's, it's still cool. It's extremely fun. Yeah. Uh, but not too tough. There was one more shrine. Which one was this? Yawaka Ita Shrine. This is the one in the forest. I went from the top to the bottom. Ah. Uh. This one is like one of those big... Oh, it's like one of those big pachinko machine, pinball machine things. Mm-hmm. 
where you have to like use a big metal basin to fish an orb out of it falling down. Yeah. Uh, it's not too tough. Uh, the bigger challenge part of it comes that you have to like navigate part of the machine yourself and dodge spike balls. Yeah. That will one hit KO you. Anything that involves like walking through the machine that you have to manipulate from outside. Uh, I love that. Yeah. It's good. So this one wasn't too bad. Uh, as soon as you beat all four shrines, the obliterator itself obliterates. Obliterates Whoa. itself. And like four glowing lights shoot out into the world and summon these cool structures to go check out. Ah, yes. The cool structures. Let's yeah. visit one of those cool structures, Zach. It's like a podium and like three monoliths. So I went to the one in Zoraland first because I'm going to do the same order that I did the Divine Beasts in, obviously. Okay. You show up and Cass is there because Cass is omnipresent in this in this DLC. Well, uh, he saw those lights and he said, I better go to wherever that is. Uh, he has a he will play you a version of Mifa's song where he put lyrics that talk about Mifa and then offer up hints to the location of three new shrines in the area. Now, I don't remember this being a version of Mifa's song. I no. thought this was a version of like this is the champion's ballad that he is. It's a separate song, the champion's ballad. No, that he it's is figuring out at least this part. It's Mifa's song. Okay. The, I was gonna start singing it, but it's in my head. You take my word for it. Okay. Uh, and then also on the structure, like on the wall of the structure, it starts displaying aerial photographs of the places you have to go. Yes. <laughs> Which is like broke me a little bit. It is weird <laughs> because it's based on you having the map. But they're not maps. It's it's like aerial photographs. No, no, I know, but like it's it, it's playing to the player's experience. I mean, supposedly Link is looking at the map on the Sheikah slate. Yeah, but um, no, the fact that it's aerial photographs is weird. The fact that it is referencing the map. I mean, it's cool though, right? Because you oh, get yeah. to find the place by like looking at the map and. Knowing the terrain. And otherwise, um, the hints that they give you would not have been enough to find what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hints are mostly just, like, a tip of what the task is going to be when you get there. Right. Uh, but the fact that the aerial photographs, like, blew my head a little bit. Uh, maybe that's evidence. This this was them hinting that the next game was going to be in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get to the part where there's a guy with the big camera pointed down at Hyrule. <laughs> It's the top hat guy from uh, Wind Waker. He's it's that's Bucket his Mouse. job in this game. Bucket Mouse is up there. <laughs> uh, okay, so there's like three tasks in the area, and each yes. one has a reward of a shrine. So you end up getting like two things to do times three. So there's like six things to do here, uh, which is a lot of stuff. This DLC is packed with stuff. It is a lot of stuff. Like, I knew it was somewhat involved. Like, I, I was aware that there was a thing on the plateau that I was pretty sure was a one-hit KO situation. And I knew there were other shrines out there, but I didn't realize, like, there was a whole, like, quest process involved with all this. Uh, uh, yeah. It's they, a lot. They went all out. 
uh remember when we went 25 minutes last week on dlc <laughs> one well guess what we're going two episodes on dlc two at least let's see oh then these shrines give you not goddess orbs so you don't get to cash these out for hearts yeah you get like varuta orbs for these yeah. varutas and jerk ones uh, so I did Ma Aliyah Shrine first, where the challenge there was to go through a bunch of video game rings up a bunch of waterfalls. And Wolflink points out that you get, like, pathed into the rings on the way up the waterfall. Oh, really? You you can't miss them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it's pretty simple. Uh, it was more just, like, finding the starting point and going, oh, okay, there we go. And it, it's, like, a fun yeah. little managing your stamina thing uh the sure. shrine itself was oh it was the one with the waterfall and then some metal boxes slotted into that wall and you have to use cryonis and the boxes to build yourself like a staircase up yes uh i don't really know what the intended like quote-unquote solution is either i ended up kind of faking my way up there pretty easily by like dragging the thing to the top with magnesis and then rapidly switching to stasis i think that that sounds like what i did <laughs> yeah and it's like totally achievable it's perfectly fine uh there's sato Koda shrine where up above zoro's domain i ran into some npc zora folk and that's when i realized like the dlc is really extensive is that a lot of these shrine quest things have like characters out in the world that talk about them yeah uh and has a sense of continuity because when you talk to them they're like oh hey it's link who came around and helped us fight the divine beast now this new thing is happening yeah which like blew my mind a little bit that like passage of time exists in the game <laughs> in a in an otherwise very statically timed game yeah definitely yeah because it's such an open world that you can take at any point everything happens simultaneously now because this dlc like very specifically takes place after that new things are happening which uh, is nice it's good it, it, it feels good when you play an open world game and like the actions you take earlier inform things that happen later yes uh and this is a game that has steered away from that entirely until this dlc so it's good it uh, is good there are some new guardians. Uh, this quest sucks. I hated this quest. <laughs> it's those flying guardians again that I hate. Miserable to fight. I wasted all kinds of resources. I was playing not on my home setup. I was somewhere else playing on a very big television. But that meant that the range of my Joy-Cons was not catching the Switch very well. And so I kept mistiming my shield hits. Or, like, it misregistered and wouldn't set oh. my shield when I wanted to. So I blew through, like, half of my good shields doing this, and I was very irate about it. Ah. Uh, miserable. Um, it's kind of wild to me because the place where you fight these flying guardians is this very evocative um, set of, like, hills and valleys. It's very good for a kind of, like, complicated combat encounter. But... Outside of the DLC, this isn't used at all. Yeah. You have no reason to come here otherwise. And um, it's it's really inconvenient to get here anyway. Uh, so it's it's strange, but it's then it's used put to good use. Maybe they wanted to do something with this and it got cut from the base game. And they said, 
Well, let's uh, screw with Zack and the DLC and put in a bunch of flying guardians. I don't even think it's so much that they planned for it. I think it's, it really feels like they just designed a cool map and then like had a bunch of stuff to put into it. Hmm. And then, you know, eventually they hit a point where it's like, well, we ran out of stuff to put in. So kind of these little fringe areas are just going to be little fringe areas. I and suppose. This DLC was a chance for them to fill in more of those areas because. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know, these shrines show up in places that otherwise didn't have anything interesting most of the time. But then there are still places in the game that we've talked about that we ran into in the game that were like, hey, this is a cool area where there's nothing at. And like, and even with the DLC, there's still nothing there. Exactly. So that makes me think that they didn't like plan any of this out. They just made a lot of cool areas in a game and then filled them up with as much content as they could. And when they got a second chance to fill with content, they went back and filled more of it up well i think it might be a mixture of our two proposals okay because there's makar island yeah that's what i was thinking about which is not like a cool place on its own it looks like a place where a video game thing is going to happen yes and yet nothing does there's no you know dlc shrines associated with the forest or else maybe that one would have showed up there there is well, no there is no forest divine guardian yet. Uh oh. <laughs> what if you get to drive the Deku tree? <laughs> I'd be into that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh what is in this shrine? Sato Koda is another pachinko machine where you have to use Cryonis to get a ball into a thing. Oh yeah. It's all it's all you're cryonising things from a great distance. Um and uh, do you get a chest by climbing up into the pachinko workings? Yeah, you kind of have to climb into okay. there to get the chest. There's like okay, a. Uh, that's what I'm here for. It's got like a pinball shoot thing happening in the bottom right of it that you have to get the ball to, but you can also jump down and use that to shoot yourself up to get to the chest, is what it is. Cool. That's fun. Cool. Uh, yeah, this one was whatever. <laughs> uh, it was so much better to talk about, is the thing. Everything else is like amazing like this next one key yes. defunia shrine uh where we go out to towards the tingle islands and uh, yes there's a guard escorting muzu muzu's just back in the game muzu gets to do something else he gets to do something he's a character that does more than one task <laughs> uh he's out here in search of a trial that mifa had faced uh when she was like trying to conquer her divine beast which i assume that backgrounds a lot of these uh shrines as these were specifically trials the other champions had to do to prove themselves to their divine beast ostensibly yes Uh, um this is something else that wolf link has just been doing all this stuff recently and so um that perspective is fresh in my mind uh, Wolflink points out some of these um, trials would be impossible for the champions to do. Some of them would be trivially easy. Yeah. And it's like um, he's all ticked off because like the stuff that has to do with fire um, Daruk wouldn't care about at all. I guess we'll get to that later. Um, but I don't think that the champions 
the original champions, had, at least in the shrines, I think we can imagine that the uh, the monks have come up with new portal test chambers oh, for yeah. Link specifically. The nature of the shrine seems so malleable that right. it's incredibly easy to think that it's just like, no, the monk will determine a challenge for the person that enters it. Yeah. Uh, unless they're really lazy, and then they just give you a combat challenge. <laughs> you know, some of those monks might actually think that being good at fighting guardians is, like, essential to winning the game. <laughs> the honorable warrior monks that are like, no, really, you must actually learn to fight. There's no, it, It's not all puzzles out there, kid. <laughs> uh, I like these monks. I want to hear more about these monks. Can we get a game about these monks, please? It's just... The thing is that we understand all of them as these, like, skeletons, basically. And in life, they were, you know, they had flesh. In life, they were all Zelda fans. I guess, yeah. These are all the the Zelda fans out there that liked different aspects of the series and then were given this power to create challenges and create content around it. Is this what Zelda Maker is? Is Zelda Maker the backstory of breath of the wild god i hope so that'd be cool oh i'd be into that okay anyway uh okay so muzu tells you yeah oh he tells you that like the hint is that you have to look out to the sea at dawn and like a light will shine to show you your way uh and all that means is that like the sun reflecting off the water makes a line out to sea and if you follow that line uh there's a little tiny video game ring to fly through and that makes a shrine just come straight up from the sea floor the mechanics cool. of that are a mystery to me it's fine uh this is a big room with ice cubes which oh I, yeah they're the oh it's the ice cubes from the um the Gerudo quest, the Ice House quest. Sure, sure. And you have to use, like, a torch to, like, melt them strategically to get on top of the thing and get to the end of it. Yeah, it's a thing where you you don't want to melt anything too much. Yeah. Um, because you still need them to be steps to get up to other things. It, totally. It becomes interesting, but also tedious. Because I, don't, I wonder if it's possible to lock yourself out of this one. Um, it prob- probably is, but... I don't think you can, like, softlock being trapped in the shrine. I think you can just oh, no. walk back to the entrance and come back down. And it might be... Gladys has procured Glad- the ice cubes. <laughs> What's Gladys up to these days? Anyway. Uh, I No, I think it's actually a thing that you might be able to generate new cubes while you're in there, if I'm remembering right. Oh, they come out of a tube or something? There's, like a, there's a button you can press to get more cubes in case you screwed up really bad. I think that's true. Uh, you get that shrine, you get all three Vabruta orbs, and then the mysterious monk voice tells you to go... I guess at this point we know it's... What's his face? It's Maz Koshia. Yeah. Who, who's that guy in Anagram of? I bet that I bet that's a known thing. We'll find out later. Um, invites you to go to Vabruta itself. Uh, you go there, and he, like, brings you to a weird memory realm... Yeah. Of when you previously fought Waterblight Ganon? Well, isn't it when Mifa fought Waterblight Ganon? I 
it's not clear to me exactly because he says it's from your memory. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's th- this is the memory of the battles where the champions died. I don't think so. I mean, like, it's it's implied to be that, but the, the way he says it is more like, I am dredging this from your memory. Hmm. But this is definitely, like, a challenge that, like, Mipha would have had to have done. But she probably didn't fight Ganon either because she hadn't fought Ganon yet at that point. But she did fight a Ganon that killed her. Yeah, but she wouldn't have fought a memory Ganon before fighting the real Ganon. That, no. No. <laughs> it's not a memory of her fighting a memory Ganon. No, I know that. But I don't think... Anyways, it's very difficult to say. It's all kept very vague, and it's all an excuse so you have to fight the divine, the, 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 the uh, water blight Ganon again. Yeah. But with a very limited set of equipment again we are confronted with a you are given deliberate equipment uh situation like the previous dlc only here i kind of hate it (laughs) uh maybe it's because i don't know how to fight some of these ganons specifically but this fight ended up being really annoying and tedious uh you're given no these were really hard for me too you're given uh like the champion's weapon which is good uh but you're given like a bow with like 10 arrows which is not enough arrows to do much of anything no they're and, like they specifically want you to use those arrows to hit the weak spot to put it in vulnerable mode so but it doesn't can... go in it doesn't go into vulnerable mode as far as i could i i, I was having a tough time with this because okay. like the second phase where the, everything fills up with water, mm-hmm. you're then battling against, you know, swimming stuff, which is a problem. Yes. And you're constantly getting ice cubes thrown at you and you're having to break them. But because you don't have arrows, the only way to get up to the Ganon is making your own ice blocks and trying to get up to range to stab with spear. And it just it was annoying. It's very hard. I have no idea how I beat these things. Eventually, like, the timing worked out well enough that I was able to, like, leave an ice block in the right spot so that when the Ganon teleported over there, it was in position already. So I got up on top of that in time before it started doing stupid attacks, and I could spam attack enough to beat him. So Okay. Uh, not fun. Uh, not looking forward to more of these, because I imagine that other ones of these will be worse. <laughs> um, the electric one is horrible. <laughs> I, I, I had a hard time with that regular, so that's going to be... Yeah. Uh, after you beat it, uh, Cass shows up and plays like a completed version of Mipha's song. Because like, the, the background is, yeah, he's working on all these songs that his like uh, former master or whatever came up with and he's like finishing those songs that were incomplete okay he plays the song and then we get a memory cut scene or a cut scene in the style of a memory that i think goes into the memory like archive though it's not a memory that link was partial to okay uh, what ends up being background that we'll talk about in a minute is that Cass has been going around and like interviewing people about the champions so 
I took this to mean that Cass is playing the song, but also telling you about the story that happened that he learned from people he was interviewing. Sure, sure. Uh, the cutscene is Zelda and Mifa hanging out, and it's good. I don't remember this at all. Uh, yeah, Zelda and Mifa are like sitting on top of a waterfall, and Zelda is asking Mifa to be the pilot of Varuta. And she's like, yeah, of course. And she's like, who else is there? And then Zelda lists who it is and then like offhandedly mentions Link. And Mifa's like, oh, yeah, I'll absolutely help now, of course. <laughs> she was like on board before, but she's like especially on board now. And then you get Baby Sidon. Oh, yeah, I remember Baby Sidon. Baby Sidon is down in the water below and she's like, swim up the waterfall. And Zelda's like, shouldn't you be a little nicer to the little guy? And she's like, no, he, he's got to learn. Swim up here. And then she helps him swim to the top of the waterfall, and they have a moment. It's very good. Hooray. I knew. I, w- I wish I hadn't known about Baby Sidon, because Baby Sidon is, would be a really good reveal. Yes. He's still got the smile. It's very good. Uh, yeah, just a nice little cutscene. Uh, most of these cutscenes are probably just this, where Zelda gets to hang out with the champions, which is good for both Zelda and the champions. Yes. Uh, I also found out after this, you get to go read Mifa's journal? Yeah, so this is like, it has tips or hints for what all these trials are, right? Sort of. You can talk to people that'll give you... Hers didn't have many hints, I don't think. Okay. But other people's do. But like, you can talk to Cass, and you can talk... Not Cass, you can talk to um, Sidon, and you can talk to the king, and they'll have more hints, style stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's very awkward because the king just has the journal in his throne room on a pedestal, and he's like, "Yeah, my daughter sure was in love with you. That's cool." Uh, anyways, here's this. Here's this. You can read it if you want. I don't know. She'd probably be fine with that. Uh, the Zoras just treat it as this trivial thing in a way that I think it's just a video game thing, but I want to like construe it as a like that's just their culture thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be a fun cultural attitude to have everybody just be really open about, like, romantic feelings like that and just keep it all, like, out. They'd have no sense of, like, interiority about that. Sure. That'd be fun. That sounds fun. (laughs) Okay. Very fun. This is all fun. Okay, we still have one whole section to talk about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I did the Goron section after this because, again, I'm following the order I did the Divine Beasts in. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you go to the object, the monolith thing. Cass gives you the hints. You see the aerial photography. I went and did Kamiya Omuna Shrine. Uh, there was a tip in town about a monster that Daruk fought long ago on Lake Darmon. So you go there, and there is a new enemy. Yes. In the middle of the lava lake is an Igneo Talus Titan. Uh huh. Which is just a sized up Talus. Yes. But uh, it's really big. It's really big. And it's a fun fight because it doesn't like leave the lava. So it's permanently like in the suspended in this lava lake. And how can you kill it? Uh, at least I got a bunch of ice arrows and like cooled it off enough to stand on it for a minute and wail on it. Right, right. And then it would catch back on fire, which would hit me, and then knock me off into the lava, which would further damage me. 
Uh, but, but you I got didn't a... insta die. No, no, I got a lot of hearts okay. these days. All right. Uh, yeah, taluses are fun fights, and a big big talus is good. Yes, I'm here for. We took your enemy and made it really big. That, that that's classic, classic video game. Uh, you beat him. You go in the shrine. Uh, this one is a bunch of. It's a shooty puzzle. It's a target gallery. Oh yeah, but with the 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 timing. You have to. There's a switch to knock a cannon like back and forth, and you have to use your bombs it's one of those like bomb uh, cannons to time the thing that yeah. one's not so bad the one at the end is really fun because they give you a uh uh apparatus that you have to oh yeah like move one way to line up the shot and that hits the target and then opens up a wall behind it to reveal another target behind the apparatus so you have to then manipulate the apparatus so that there's a hole in the middle of it, so you can shoot uh-huh. through the hole, which is very good. That's cool. So that one was fun. There was Renu Honika Shrine, uh, where you get a... I didn't get a tip for this one, I just showed up over here, <laughs> um, based on the aerial photography. And the Goron Blood Brothers are there! Oh, the three guys? The three guys are back! I love these guys. They uh, they always find a shrine. These guys are great. They're trying to do a training regimen that Daruk used to do over here, where he would stand in the lava on like a magic circle or one of those video game circles. Yeah, yeah. Which means that they can see the video game circles, which had me going, wait a second, you guys can see this too. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold up. <laughs> They're not concerned about that. No. I'm concerned about that. They're not concerned about it. You have to, like, magnesis a box to give yourself enough, like, room to stand where your, like, ankles are in the lava. Yeah, yeah. But, so you're taking damage, but you're not, like, instantly dying. Sure. That's cool. I forget what the shrine is. It's a bunch of fire obstacles that you have to get around. Um... But it's not the one with. Uh, I see the other one is the. It's not the other one. one. This one's like a walkie one. Uh okay yeah you walk you walk past some fire. And then you don't get hit by the fire. Good job. Yeah exactly. Uh, oh, I've got a good clip of that one. I'll post after this. Okay. Okay. And then Sharo Loon Shrine is one where you just go to the top of Death Mountain and fly down a bunch of magic circles oh yeah um so did you notice that these magic circles have sheikah numerals counting uh, down that oh no i didn't realize they were counting down uh, i think it's I, I i think it's that the, the magic circle has you know above it uh one two three four five six seven eight in uh sheikah numerals and each number disappears um at, with each second that goes by or it's not seconds but um i think that's how it goes i bet because they're not like sheikah letters the sheikah numerals are uh easy to tell because they're kind of simple uh just pointing out like corners of a calculator face i think okay oh the the oh. icons for um when you're using the sheikah slate to drop a pin on the map 
Uh-huh. I think those icons are the Sheik enumerals one, two, three, four, five. Oh, I, I can see that. That makes sense. I've not spent much time looking at like the non Hylian language in the game, so that's that makes perfect sense. Uh, I hope I'm right about that. That sounds right. I believe you. Okay. Um, but yeah, you have to, you know, climb up some cliffs and then float down some lava flows and go through yeah. video game circles. Sure. And you get a shrine that is actually memorable as opposed to Rinu Honika, which is just walk past fire. This one, you get to climb past fire. Yeah, it's like a Donkey Kong Country situation where... It's very Donkey Kongian. There are hanging, like, blocks that you can climb around on, and you have to... They, 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 they scroll past fire, and you have to get on the right sides of the blocks to not it get hit by the fire. It is an auto-scroller shrine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And there's a lot of just waiting yep. for the block to go past the fire. I liked it, though. I thought okay. it was good. Uh, that was the three of those. And then you go to Varudanya and challenge the memory Ganon. Uh, this one's easy. Oh, because good. it's the one where the second phase, all it is is that it sucks in the air. Uh-huh. And then you can just bomb it yeah. to put it into a weakened state. So this one was absolutely no challenge. And I knew this one would be easy. I think I had well, like, good. some arrows still, but I didn't even use a single arrow. It's great. Uh, okay, you get... Cass shows up and he plays a song and then you get the good cutscene of Zelda and Daruk hanging out. Oh, yes. And uh, this is the one where there's a dog. <laughs> I freaked out at the dog because I was like, wait, who is this dog? <laughs> I thought the dog was like a character. I was very oh. confused. Uh, the bit in the in the cutscene is that Jeruk is actually secretly scared of dogs. Uh, yeah. Which fair, fair. Dogs, are, dogs can be scary. Dogs can be scary. It it seems kind of an odd thing to add about Daruk at this point. Um Usually, if you're revealing, uh, you know, a phobia that a character has, it's a way to soften a character who otherwise is very serious. Uh-huh. But Daruk is already a big goof anyway. Yeah, he's never been serious. Yeah, so, like, the he doesn't need to have, like, a weakness. I mean, I, we understand that he, like, is very tough and he can handle anything, so it's yeah. kind of ironic that he's afraid of dogs. But it's, you know... Yeah, it's an odd choice from my perspective. The way the whole scene is presented is I thought it was going to be a reveal of a character we knew because it's like he goes to save somebody from Mm -hmm. like monsters and it's like arranged in a way that I thought like some character was going to pop up that we knew. But instead, it's this dog. And so my brain was just like, what? Who is this dog character? Astro the Triforce Pooch? Is this the master dog? (laughs) Like, who is this? So I like the dog. I hope the dog shows up again now. Yeah. I hope, I hope the dog becomes a recurring character. That dog is in Breath of the Wild 2. It's 100 years older. Oh, thank goodness. His name is Astro the Wonder Pooch, the yeah. Master Dog. The Master Dog. That's his title. Um, When in the boss encounter with Astro, it <laughs> says Astro the Triforce Pooch in big letters. <laughs> and then underneath that in block caps, 
the master dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's it. There's one more thing. Oh, yes? Uh, I went and read Daruk's journal. Uh, okay. He, he doesn't have a diary. He has a training journal, which I guess means that every single one of the guardians, or the, the what do you call the, um, champions. the champions, gets one of these. Uh, sure. And there's some good stuff in there. The Mifa one was all about, like, finding out that Link was coming back to town and, like, secretly working on his clothes and getting ready to, like, pop the question and never getting around to it, kind of. Uh-huh. Uh, Daruk's had some stuff in there, but I don't remember exactly what it was that I was keying in on here. There was... Oh! Specifically, this is something I had... We talked about a million episodes ago when we were talking about where the Divine Beasts were dug up. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. in both of these, they mentioned that they were dug up in their respective, like, areas. So... Varuda was dug up in Zoro's domain, and Varudani okay. was dug up in Death Mountain. But that's still, I mean, like, if they were dug up, then... Th- yeah, I mean, it's still, it's fine, but I know we were talking before about, I think yeah. the other the other ones about how maybe they were dug up in weird spots. I had, like, some pet theories to that, but yeah, uh, difficult to say. But yeah. th- this this leads more. I don't. I I just I'm keeping track of that stuff in my head for my purposes. Sure. Thank you, Zach. You're welcome, Ryan. Uh, there's a lot of background about Daruk and Link becoming friends, like well before he was the guy. Oh, okay. It was just like a knight. Uh, Fun. And how they bonded over liking food a lot. Sure. And how Link is both able and likes to eat the rocks that Gorons eat. Ooh. He likes that rock roast. Uh, Daruk is very excited that Highlands can eat rocks too. Okay, but as Link in the game, you've never been able to eat the rocks. No. Except for if you that meal that you cook with rocks, you can eat. Yeah. It's not very good, but, though. Like... No, this is bad, Zach. Why? Because the idea of rocks being inedible is like a recurring joke with the Gorons. And if Link can eat rocks, then that joke doesn't make sense. Whenever they say, Link, well, make sure you eat your gravel. That's not a joke anymore because apparently Link can eat gravel. Zach, this undoes... All the lore. Okay. Lore is over, thanks to Daruk's stupid journal. Oh, terrible. Oh, no. Uh, There's some other good stuff in here. Uh, He mentions that... This is Daruk talking. Uh, The little guy is also incredibly strong. He said sometimes when he focuses, it feels like time slows down. Oh. So, canon that he has that power. That's not just a gameplay mechanic. And then there was one more thing. Where did it go? He ends up meeting up with Link again after he becomes like the after he gets the Master Sword. Oh yeah. And he specifically points out that oh Link's like way quieter now. He doesn't want to talk anymore. Huh. Which is you know we, in the in the Zelda and Link stuff with between them about how Link eventually opens up. Yeah, yeah. Like that all fits into that timeline that Link was kind of a happy-go-lucky. 
like fighter guy and then got the master sword and then was like oh no i need to become serious hero man now Mm -hmm. and just stop talking to friends and stuff and then eventually opens up again and zelda tells daruk because daruk writes about it in his journal which is very cute gosh he's very happy that link opens back up because he's very like taken aback that link is like kind of taciturn now this journal is way more in depth than i remember yeah there's like all sorts of weird stuff in here i was like surprised because i had read the 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 mifa one and it's mostly just stuff we already knew huh a lot of little little fun things in here well i guess that makes up for the cut scene just being that he's afraid of dogs again i'm still obsessed with that dog who is this dog when will this dog show up again the dog is dead, Zach. No. The dog is Unless still around. Unless it was in a mini kennel of resurrection. The kennel of resurrection. <laughs> I believe. I choose to believe this. Okay. Uh, that's half of this DLC's quest. Uh, it's a long, this is a lot of content. Yeah. This is substantial. Uh, I'm excited to get to more of it because I... I can predict some of it, but I still don't know the last part of it. So I'm excited to see what that ends up entailing. Oh, man. You're in for a treat, Zach. 